We're in this series called Essentials, and we're now in part two on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be very brief today. And uh, you've got the notes, not a lot of notes again, okay, because I just want you to stay with me on this topic, all right? Last week, we talked about part one, and in part one, we express and share with you the person of the Holy Spirit, and, and let's, let's just go right into our text, all right? Let's roll real quick here, okay? While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus, and there he found some disciples. Say disciples. Disciples is why They're already followers of Jesus. They've already made a commitment to him. They've accepted him into their lives. So they're Christians. All right, he found these Christians and he asked them a question. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? When, when you became a Christian, when you accepted Christ, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So they were saved, but yet they had no knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And then Paul later after that asked them, then what did you believe? What did you receive? And they said, well, we received the salvation experience. We received the baptism and water experience, but we never heard of this Holy Spirit. And in the next verse, Paul laid his hands upon them and they received the baptism and the Holy Spirit. And we expressed and showed you scripturally with a lot of scripture last week, there's two volumes. Volume one would say salvation, Jesus Christ, and it qualifies me for heaven. How many glad Jesus took care of your salvation? Amen? And through him, we're qualified to go to heaven today. But there's a volume two that would say, Holy Spirit, empowerment, and qualifies me for earth. That Jesus qualifies me to get to heaven, but the Holy Spirit qualifies us to, to do what he sent us here on this earth to do. And so I want to take it just a little bit further today, and I want to go into this area of, of really understanding the Holy Spirit's role and what is this thing called the fullness of the Holy Spirit all about. Because you see, the ministry and purpose of the Holy Spirit is to help you see and experience Jesus. That's really His ultimate goal, is to see and experience Jesus, to make the Scripture come alive as a means to reveal Christ to you and then empower us to walk out that Word of God that's alive in our life. He is to come and present Christ in a way that I can not only hear a story, but I can have a personal experience and then empower me to walk that gospel out, that the world can see Christ alive in us. Let me go ahead and clarify this today. The Holy Spirit did not come to give you a good church experience. He didn't come to give us a big hoorah today and let's all run, jump. No, I'm okay. I love emotion. But he came to empower you to walk Jesus out Monday through Sunday. To live it on the job. You're not going to win the world for Jesus in church. We're going to impact the world when we leave church. And so the Holy Spirit came to empower us. One of Paul's, uh, there's only two of the Apostle Paul's prayers mentioned in the Bible. And one of those prayers is found in Ephesians where he said this. He said, we have the spirit of wisdom. Again, wisdom is not knowing what to do. That's knowledge. Wisdom is knowing how to do what we know what to do. He said, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know Christ better. And so part one last Sunday, I talked to you about head knowledge, knowing the difference, knowing that there's two experiences that God wants to bring to us. But today I want to talk about a heart experience, not just a head knowledge, but a heart experience with the Holy Spirit that he wants to have with you. Because you see, people have no problem with the power thing. How many realize that even the secular world, 
Non-Christians have this craving for power. That's why they go to psychics. They, they have this, power, this craving for the supernatural, that, that the, we, we know there's more out there, and we're looking for it. And so the power issue or the supernatural issue, power issue is not, not a problem today, but what we've got to do is come and realize that many in the church today are turned off to the supernatural of God, and, and I'm convinced today that it's not so much about the Holy Spirit that's turned so many people off, it's the way we packaged Him the way we presented it, that, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life or the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit-filled life, whatever you want to call it, is this thing of goosebumps and running around and talking in a language you don't know and, and speaking over everybody and jumping up and down and falling on the floor. And if you go through all that, you're going to need a prayer line. And, and not all of that's false. There's a lot of that that's genuine, but there's a lot of that that is self-fed ego and agendas that God really has very little to do with. He wants to empower you with his spirit, not for you to have a good church experience. He wants to empower you so you can leave the church and go be around a world of heathens and represent Christ well. Amen. Good preaching preacher. Thank you. All right. And so the teaching of the Holy Spirit has been misused, abused for the personal agenda of many. And the error with the church is that we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. Now, I grew up in Pentecost. I'm going to be honest with you. I grew up where church was crazy. You didn't know what was going to go on. It wasn't all wrong. There was a lot of flesh in it too. And it was know-how. And, and you were scared to bring an unchurched person to church because you didn't know what they was going to see. Anybody with me? And I saw so much nonsense that I almost went to the other side and go, let's just forget that part and get everybody saved because I don't want to deal with all that nonsense. There's some crazy people in the church. And you can't do either one. One's as bad as the other. There's a reality of the Holy Spirit that wants to be evident in your life and evident in our church. All right? Timothy talked about a church where there was a form of godliness but no power within. And, and we don't want to be that church either. And so we want to find out how, how, what's the real and let's get it. And have as much of it as we can possess. You see, it's painful and frustrating to be put in a position to help people and not have the power or the tools to do it. Because I can't set people free. I can't heal people's marriage. I can't put families back together. But he can. And he does it through people. And the, the only way, Jesus said, how are they going to hear, let's say hear a preacher or a speaker, or one that would declare, an ambassador, one who's representing a power higher than them. How are they going to hear unless somebody takes the message? And we're that messenger. But how many found out and found yourself in positions where someone needed a supernatural miracle and power that you didn't feel the authority or the confidence of bringing? Come on, the rest of you just lying. Because I've been there. There's nothing more frustrating than know that you've been called to a cat. That's like being called to build a building and nobody give you a hammer. And trying to go out and do the supernatural without the Holy Spirit is like flying a plane with no lessons. You're going to crash. But if you get those lessons, you can fly the world. And if you receive the power that the Holy Spirit offers us today, listen to me today. Ministry becomes frustrating 
when we think it's our responsibility, when we think it's ours, and when we think we're the ones that's got to make it happen. But ministry stays fun, and it stays an honor, and it stays an opportunity when I realize I have no right to be here, but I've been called. And it's not my responsibility to make it happen. It's just be a delivery boy, but then have the authority of the Holy Spirit to back up what I declare that word says. Now it's his. Let's go have some fun. And we've got to come today and realize this today. And so we have a job to do. You see, while we sit here today in this in a nice, comfortable building and we're fellowshiping with an amazing church family that I love and we get to be ushered into the presence of God with what I believe is some of the greatest worship around that's genuine and pure and honest and God loves it and we get to come and, and do all of this, 67% of our county outside this building didn't go to church today. So we have a job to do. And if we're going to do it, let's do it well. And you see, there, there's something I want to talk to you about because when Jesus talked to the church, he, he's now met with the disciples and he's asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit? They said, we, we've not heard of this Holy Spirit. We, we got salvation, we got water baptism, but we don't know anything. How many is this a brand new message to you? You know, the Holy Spirit, you, you come, maybe this is a new time. We've got three different groups of people in this church, and that's what we've been working so hard to have, church people like me that just grew up in this thing. And then we've got a third of our congregation now that was in church but got hurt by it or offended by it or, or just made a choice to walk away from it, and now God's bringing them back to a church. And, and then we've got a third of our congregation here that came in here and didn't know Amazing Grace or John three sixteen, and we're glad you're here too. But boy, does that make preaching challenging. The, all three of those groups to go home and go, I got that. But it's fun. But we've got all three here, but what we want to know is we, we want to undo some of your teaching and, and get it right, and we want to bring some of you back to the reality of that, and then some of you, we want to induce it for the first time. But I just want to remind you, when they came and Jesus said, have you received the Holy Spirit? We got salvation. We got that experience. He said, well, there's another one, and I want you to have that too because you're saved. You're going to heaven, but you'll never fulfill my purpose on earth without volume two. And I want to just put a hunger in your heart today not to come up here and put on a spectacle, not to make a carnival in here today. All I want you to do again is leave here today going, God, whatever you have, I want it. I want it in my life. All right, And so here's what Jesus said. When they said, we, we've not heard of this thing called the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, okay, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to wait. I want you to go wait. I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to go into an upper room there, and I want you to wait. And here's what he literally told them. It's before you do anything, don't do anything. Before you go minister, don't minister. Before you go pray for the sick, don't, don't do that yet because you don't have what you need yet for that to work. Before you do anything, don't do anything. I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to wait there because I'm about to send to you a promise of the Father and He's the Holy Spirit and you receive the breath. Look at your notes there. You receive the breath of the Holy Spirit, right? But you're about to get the wind. You, you've received salvation. You received the breath of the Holy Spirit. How I many is glad that He breathed life into you? Amen. Spiritual life. You, you received the breath of the Holy Spirit as salvation, but there's a wind that I want to breathe inside of you now. And, and if anybody understands the power of wind, it's people that live on the Gulf Coast. 
to just have tornadoes show up in the middle of the night and run down your street, all right? And hurricanes. We understand the power of wind, and this is what Jesus was telling his church, is okay, you've walked a while now with the, with the breath of, of life and the breath of salvation, and my spirit has breathed into you, but now I want to bring a hurricane inside of you. I want to bring a tornado of faith. I want to bring a tornado of authority. I want to bring a hurricane of expectation inside of you. I want you to leave your house every day with this power and authority inside of you that you feel like a hurricane category Five, going to work that's about to explode in an office somewhere and the authority of God that's going to take authority over that sinful nature, over that bondage of the enemy, that I'm going to declare the word of God. I'm not going to just say Jesus might. He can. He will. Now he says, I want you to have the wind, not just the breath. And he says, I want you to go there, but I want you to tarry. I want you to wait. And hundreds of people heard him say that, but only 120 were willing to do it. They went and they tarried. We shared with you last week, they waited and the Holy Spirit came and fell upon them. And they received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And let me go ahead and tell you this, because everybody focuses on the speaking in tongues part. And I'm not anti-tongue. I pray in tongues every day. I worship in tongues every day, and we're going to preach about that the first Wednesday night of, of March. That's going to be my message on who is the Holy Spirit, how do you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, what is it and what is it not. And we're going to pray for everybody in this church that night that's hungry for more of God. Not for you to do anything, not for you to speak in tongues. We're just going to pray for God to fill you with all of him that he has. Everybody with me on that? But here's what happens. Everybody says that, and then they took it in all kind of crazy teaching. But here's the real miracle that took place on Pentecost. Because the Bible said that Jews from many, all nations, all nations had gathered there. And all of a sudden, when they began to come forth and the Holy Spirit fell on them, they began to pray in languages that they did not know. But there were thousands of people out there watching. And they began to pray in the language of the people that were outside that they didn't even know their language. They began to declare the wonders of God and the people out there began to say, are they Grecians or who are these that they're speaking in our language that they don't know? And the miracle and the supernatural event at Pentecost was that God supernaturally took over the voices of some people and they began to declare the goodness of God in the language of the unbelievers on the outside. And when they heard it, 3,000 of them gave their heart to Christ. He supernaturally operated in a way that they could understand and receive the gospel and come to know Jesus. Same thing happened at the Azuzu Street Revival when they sent in a foreign reporter to write a negative article on it and he got into the revival and God operated in a supernatural way and a word of knowledge came forth in the language of that writer and instead of writing a negative article, he wrote a positive article and it went public, and it kicked off the Zuzu Street Revival was with an unsaved person that met Christ through a supernatural event. They fired him from his job, but God had already done what he wanted to do. And revival broke forth. I'm telling you, we serve a supernatural God. So why settle for the natural? And so he wants you to come and, and wait because here's what he said. I said, we hear them declaring the wonders that's what they said. We hear them declaring the wonders. Can I tell you, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your tongue, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your voice, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your faith, 
when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your anticipation, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your hope, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your burden inside of you for your coworkers and your family and your neighbors and your friends, and all of a sudden he gets a hold of you, they're going to start seeing and hearing the wonders of God through what you say, not because of what you say, but who you say it through. Because he takes our natural and makes it supernatural. And here's what he says. He said, we hear them declaring. They said, we hear them declaring the wonders of God. A wonder goes beyond the natural realm of man and moves it into the supernatural realm. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. He wants to just infill you with authority and a power. You've got volume one. Just start asking God, whatever you've got, Lord, whatever that volume two is about, Holy Spirit, whatever you're about, I don't have to understand you. I just want you. I just want you in my life. I want you to consume me. I want you to overpower me. I just want you in my life. I want the fullness of Jesus. I want the fullness of the Holy Spirit operating in my life. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 10. It's in your notes. I'm just going to break it down for you as we talk. Paul said, I did not come with eloquent or human wisdom as that I proclaim to you the testimony of God. Paul said, I don't know enough about this to debate or win an argument. My preaching was not with wise or persuasive words. He said, but I came to you with demonstration of a spirit power. I, I can't win a debate, Paul said. I, I can't come here and win an argument with this. That's not what I'm here for. He said, but I came with you, not with eloquent words, but I came with demonstration of power. And how many can acknowledge here today that your coworkers and your, your sphere of influence, they, they don't need another person talking just how good your church was or, or how good church was Sunday and keep talking about that, but they need a demonstration of power. They need to see life inside of you. They, they need somebody that will pray for them and have faith that something's really going to happen. They, they need someone with courage that doesn't wait till Sunday to say, hey, you need to come to church with me and get your life turned around. Well, turn it around right now. Because the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. He lives in me. And He can raise the dead on your job. He can raise the dead in your community. He has that authority and that power inside of you. The greatest demonstration that can be given by the power of Christ through you and I is a radically changed life. The greatest miracle that we can see is not even a dead person being raised from the natural dead. It's a spiritual person being raised from the dead. And the greatest miracle that we can see is for you and I to walk out of this building today and let Jesus be radically demonstrated in our life that we can go out and make a radical change in the lives of those that are around us. Listen today. You've heard me say it a thousand times. 67% of this county does not go to church anywhere. They weren't in church today worshiping God. They're looking for him. That prayer that you just heard Brother Tom say, that identified our nation. And we're looking for happiness in all the wrong places. We're looking for hope in all the wrong means. But if God can just send us out there and we're no longer silent, we're out there talking Jesus, speaking Jesus, showing Jesus, sweating Jesus. When they see you, they see Jesus. But they also experience a power within you that can help change their life. That's the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. How do we know it's real? We see in verse 7, no, we declare that the wisdom, a mystery, has been hidden and that God is destined for our glory before time began. And the word glory here is the word used when we try to describe things that, that, that are just too big to describe. 
And how many can admit here today, God's done something in your life that's just too big to really try to explain? I, I, I can't really explain to you it's that big because the glory of God showed up in my life. And so, yeah, that's worth clapping for. Thank you. That's my cousin back there helping me out. All right. But here's what I, I want to share with you before we go today. And, and you'll see it in your notes. It's called the bypass. Why, why the Holy Spirit? Why really? Let's, I'm going to just put it in everyday language, modern day terms. What, what's really the purpose of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's purpose is we, we're made up threefold, a body, soul, and spirit. Our spirit's God conscious. Our soul's mind, will, emotion. And our body carries both. But how many of us know that though as we talk to you, most people fail today because they think they're physical beings trying to live in a spiritual world when in reality we're spiritual beings that God put in the physical world. And if you get that crisscross, you're in a whole lot of trouble because your mind, will, and emotions will wreck you every time and make you make some really bad decisions. But when the spirit man's in charge, and here's the bypass. The Holy Spirit came because we operate most of our life in the soulish realm. We live in a world. We're around worldly people. We're around that. So we're in this world, and, and so we're constantly having to deal with our thought pattern. We're constantly having to deal with trying to figure things out. And so the Holy Spirit came so that we could bypass that soulish, that mind thing, and get right into a supernatural realm. Because how many will acknowledge for me today that for you to operate in the Spirit, there's got to be a bypass of your soul. Amen. That i got to quit trying to figure out how's God, okay, God, you told me to pray for that. Can't, now, how are you going to do that? And when you start trying to be Dr. Jesus, you won't believe in Jesus. When you start trying to be that, that answer instead of the one delivering that answer, and that's what that soul does. That, that mind gets in the way. And so when the Bible talks about that, he uses some scriptures like this. He says, I sing in the understanding and I sing in the spirit. I pray with understanding and I pray in the spirit. And what is that? Anyone ever been there where you're, you're praying, man? You're just in your normal day prayer. And then all of a sudden, you bump to another level. You've gone into a realm of intercession. And now there's a groaning inside of you. I mean, you're praying with a faith you didn't have a while ago. You're, you're praying with a warfare mindset that you weren't in five minutes ago. You just went into a whole new realm of a supernatural realm that now I'm in warfare prayer. I'm in that war room the movie talks about. This is serious. That, and you're praying in the spirit. And, and you're crying out to God. And you're interceding. That's the Holy Spirit now praying through you. How many of you have ever been in that worship time, man? Like last Sunday when the Holy Spirit just kind of breathed in here and just like, woo, here we go. And, and man, you're in worship and all of a sudden you're in the presence of God. You know this is not just singing. We're, we're somewhere now that's very serious. I'm in the presence of God. What is that? That's now worshiping in the Spirit. And this is what he's talking about. For that to happen, you got to bypass the natural. And the Holy Spirit wants to bypass that natural thinking because you'll disqualify the authority of God in your life every time you think with your natural mind. You'll disqualify your right to be used by God every time you think with a natural mind. And God says, I, I want your spirit filled. That, that means I want you operating in the Holy Spirit. I want to know that I can speak to you, flow through you at any time on your job, in the marketplace, at the gas pump, in Walmart, at the bank, wherever you're at. You don't know where that divine connection that I talk to you about all the time. Every day of your life, God has a divine connection set up. And if I'm walking in the spirit, I'm going to connect with that divine connection and I'm going to be the answer for somebody's world. 
And God's going to use me and I'm going to bring words of hope and life. And I can't do that with natural. I can invite you to my church in the natural, but I can't change your world. But through the supernatural, he can through me and through you. And Jesus said, I just want to, I want you to learn to let there be a bypass. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't, don't. God's not going to put you out there and make a fool out of you. He didn't get any glory out of that. He said, I want to empower you. I want to equip you. I want you to go on the job. Here's what God wants. Everybody look at me one second. God wants you to go on the job tomorrow and be as diehard about representing him as I'm trying to preach to you today. Be as excited about just representing him. You don't have to go in there with a bullhorn, a five-pound Bible, and tell everybody they're going to hell. If they are, they already know it. He's not asking you to go out there and go on the street corner and tell everybody they're going to hell. It takes less energy to get somebody to heaven than it does to go to hell. He wants you to go out there with faith and with expectation, with authority, that what you speak, he'll back up. I can't heal anybody, but I'm going to declare their healing. And he put it like this, when you don't know how to pray, the Spirit is making intercession on your behalf for the will of God, the baptism, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, when I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know how. Thursday, I got away and went to the woods, sat on the bench by a river. So I told God, I said, I'm not here today to talk. I'm here to listen. I need you to talk to me. For about six hours, I sit on that bench and walked around by myself out there in the woods just, just saying, God, I just want to hear from you. I need to hear from you. I need more of you. I'm not here to give you more of me. You, I need more of you. And if I get more of you, then you get more of me. Because I'm limited, but you're not. I'm frail, but you're powerful. I can't do that, but you can. So I just want you to pour into me. I just want more of you. I want more of your spirit. I want more of your wisdom. I want more of your knowledge. I want more of your power. I want more compassion. I just want more of you. And God's saying today that I just want you to bypass. Let me, let me bypass in you all your fears, all your hang-ups, all that stuff. Let me bring you to an experience that will be life-changing, not only for you, but life-changing to the world that's around you. How does that happen? when we leave the natural and we move into the supernatural. And all I want to challenge you today is a challenge that I made with you last Sunday. What is that? That's I want you to go and get before God in prayer. And I want you to ask him this. Father, whatever you have, whatever's real, if the Holy Spirit is real, I want you. If there's a fullness that you have that I don't possess right now, I want to experience it. I don't have to understand it. I just want to experience it today. So whatever heaven has, I want you to give it to me. How many will pray that prayer this week? And just go after God. Just go after God because how many is ready to make the greatest impact on people's lives that you've ever made before? How many is ready to do that? Amen. I'm not worried about building the church. Let's build people. I'm not worried about numbers in the church. I want to know how many numbers, I want to know how many people are getting saved Monday through Saturday. How many people are getting healed because you prayed for them, not your preacher? Let's do it together. Let's go out and be a powerhouse. And I closed with this and I said it last week and even got a couple emails from live stream going, please don't do that again. So I'm going to do it again. That's why I want hell to call a meeting every morning 
And there's some religious folks that go, don't do that because the devil's hearing you. I want him to hear me. I want hell every morning to have to call a meeting with all those demonic powers and go, we got to do something about that old fat preacher in Pensacola with gray hair that just keeps preaching this Holy Spirit stuff and loving people and saving people. We got to do something about him. Yeah, I want him to know me. And I want heaven to be able to look down and go, that's my clutch hitter right there. I can depend on him. I I can call on him. I want to be that guy that when the bases are loaded and there's two outs, and it's a tie game that God can go, that's my guy right there. He may not hit a home run, but he's going to get on base. And we're going to win. And I want to challenge you today. Just let hell know there's no fear of you here. Let heaven know I want everything you've got. Empower me. Because I'm going to be that representative of your kingdom. In Jesus' name. How many will make that in Jesus' name? Amen? Amen? Bow your heads with me. Father, today I pray, Lord, over this congregation that I love dearly. What an honor to pastor. And I pray, God, over them right now, Father, as we go into another day, another week, that, God, you will empower every person in this building today. We thank you for the salvation experience that you've made real and available to us. And, God, right now, I pray, Lord, I just thank you right now that, God, you're taking us as a church into another level and another realm. And, and God, I just pray blessing right now, Lord, over each one. And I pray, God, that you'll stir a hunger in our hearts that, God, there will be an outpouring and an infilling, God, of your Holy Spirit into each one of our lives. And we thank you for it today. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, maybe you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm, I'm with you today, but I, I'm still at volume one, and I need that salvation experience with Jesus today. That's the first thing I need. And, and be honest right now, there's some things that's happened in my life, and I'm not where I need to be with him right now. And I need that first, and I want to make that decision today. Pray for me. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray a prayer with you and for you. And if that's you, would you just lift a hand wherever you sit? God bless you. Hands going up all over the building right now. I need Jesus in my life today. I need that decision to be made. Pray for me. If you raise your hand, and many hands are still going up, you say, that's me. Pray this prayer. And we're going to join you so you don't feel alone. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth, that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. And I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. I'm a brand new Christian. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, you join me.